fingers you have used to dial are too fat. To obtain a special dialing wand, please mash the keypad with your palm now. Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. They, they change <coughs> on the iPhone. We got the new software. Yeah, but like, it's just enough that I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Debbie Hoko. Hey, would um, oh my gosh, Debbie, this is Greg Hemmings. <laughs> I'm Hi. I'm talking to you in half an hour for the boiling point. <laughs> oh, jeez, I completely forgot. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good because I'm actually oh, calling you. Call. I'm calling you. Uh, I'm calling the wrong guest right now. I'm supposed to call somebody else. So it was divine uh, intervention that I called you to remind yes, you. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> you still, you still good to to chat in about forty minutes? Sure, 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 sure. Unless you have another spot tomorrow, you don't have a spot tomorrow. No, maybe. it's just today. But okay. Um, okay. If, if 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 you want to bail, no problem at all. But uh, otherwise, we can uh, we'll jam with it. All right, great. So how long how long is it for? 24 minutes at the most. Okay. Okay, so 1240-ish. Uh, and uh, all right, so it's this number, and my husband and I will both be on the call. Wonderful. Okay, Debbie. Okay. Right. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. That is divine uh, intervention. A, 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 note, a, a note to John. Maybe we should leave that in the edit. That's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're going to find appropriate music to put behind it, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> John, you're having fun with this. I love that. It's so, it's so good. Ladies and gentlemen, John. Duck in once in a while. Yes, man. Well, this is live right now, so everybody, everybody clap for John. He is rocking the edit. He is. Yay! And, 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 and whatever the music is that you choose is going to be awesome. U-M-3. Oh, Your call cannot be completed as dialed. Wow. Four, it's five, no, this six, is going to be good, John. Five, it's going to be good. What? I, I'm just thinking of the, of the music. What could it be? Don't lose my number. That that Phil Collins song. Steely, isn't that Steely Dan? Yeah. That's no, Steely Dan. it's Phil Collins. Dude. Ricky, don't lose my number. Oh, isn't that? Michael Katz. Hey, Michael, Greg Hemmings, and Dave Vale here again with you. Hey, <laughs> can, how are you can, again? We want to call you MK. Is that okay? We feel like we're on this really, you know, this this close relationship because you've actually, you're, gonna, you're on twice on the bowling point. You've agreed to come on again. Uh, and then next time you just call me M. 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 And then maybe like nothing. <laughs> and then we'll just, it'll, so it'll be, use my name. The, the, but the fourth podcast will be just silence. <laughs> yeah, that's that'd right. Good. <laughs> that'd be, I like that. But, 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 but that's a little against what Michael Katz is all about, though, because it's not about being silent. It is about sharing our stories through newsletters and also increasing likability. That's the best introduction I can do uh, right now. Michael, we've had you on before episode 98. I believe it was. If anybody else wants to go back and listen, um, I'm confirming that. Yeah, it was 98. Yes, you were on was. episode 98, Michael. Um, wow. Love to love to get your introduction again, Michael. For us, legit, Dave and I were so inspired by that last interview we had with you about the power of newsletters and, and building lists and really communicating in that in that medium. 
I know today yeah. we're going to talk about uh, uh, the concept of likability and why it matters in business. But why don't why don't you introduce yourself and and give our listeners a, a recap about who the Michael Katz is? And there's a teaser for people that listen through. They're gonna they're gonna learn about uh, where they get some free materials. So so listen in on this. So yes, over to you, good. MK. All right, excellent. Thank you. Um, so I'm a marketing coach, and uh, my story is I. I've been in business since 2000. I used to be a marketing person in a big company. And uh, in 2000, I, or 99, actually, I decided, you know, it was time to get out of here for a number of reasons. And one of which was I was very excited by the Internet. I mean, social media is big now, but the Internet back then was, was amazingly big. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, every newspaper talking about it. And so um, I wanted to be part of that, not just having a job, which was okay, but, you know, even then was kind of getting dull. And so I went off to build websites, and that was going to be the thing I was going to do, and um, it didn't work so well. (laughs) The most amazing thing to me when I started, I remember, was even though I was a marketing guy in a company, it didn't occur to me when I left that I'd I'd need to find clients, because I had just gotten so used to, I think, in a company, the work just sort of comes at you, and getting clients isn't really your job. Even if you're a marketing guy, it's not really what you're worried about every day. And so I bumped around for a while trying to figure out how to get clients. I got into email newsletters for um, for a while. Um, and that was great for maybe like 10 years. But then, too, I felt like, gee, you know, time to do something else. I'd been working on my own for a long time at that point. And so I had a lot of people who were also interested in working on their own coming to me looking for advice. And so I kind of morphed from a consultant to more of a coach. And so today my clients are either really small professional service firms, like, I don't know, 20 people or less, down to independence. And I do a bunch of one-on-one stuff. I do some group stuff. I have some products. And um, and that's what I'm doing today. Very cool. I want to just touch on something, because um, it, it's really resonating with some of the stuff we've been talking, Greg and I have been talking about. But it's this idea of, like, getting out, and you know, you know, I'm mean, taking you back to like early 2000s. You know, you're good at your craft, right? But there's this, you know, there's this idea that, oh yeah, now I got to get clients, and like, how do I do that? Like, how common do you feel that is um, for people that you know get into being, you know, a solo entrepreneur or or you know, a small um, professional service firm or whatever? Um, are you seeing this as as a as a big challenge for a number of of small companies? Oh, it's it's the challenge. In fact, I, I think I was unusual in that it, it it literally didn't occur to me that it was going to be something I had to do. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what I was thinking. Um, but without question, in fact, everyone who signs up for my newsletter, I always ask, "What's your what's your biggest marketing challenge?" Half the people say getting clients. I mean, if I could guarantee that you could have enough clients or business if you went off on your own, I think like, you know, two thirds of the working world would leave tomorrow. Like that's the concern. Right. How do I get enough business? And and I think it's a real concern because, you know, it, this whole work for yourself thing only works if you can make the dollars work, you know, for most of us. Right. But it's very, uh, and this is what I want to talk about with the whole likability thing. I think it's very counterintuitive because again, in my case, you know, up until I left my job, I, I really did live in a pretty much uh, of a meritocracy in the sense that you go to school, you get good grades, you can get into a good college. If you do well, you can get a good job. 
you know, there's politics in a company, but pretty much, at least in my experience, if you're doing well, you kind of rise up in the company. So it's very much based on how you perform. What I found once I left is that, not that you don't have to be good, but it's just not the main way to determine who's going to get hired. It's not really about expertise or credibility because that's just the price of admission. It's really, why you versus a thousand other people who kind of do the same thing? So tell us, because, oh man, you're so talking our language. But um, So likability, how does that, how does that fit in? And, and, and when you say that, what do you, what do you mean as it relates to, you know, people, want, you know, turning uh, away from maybe someone else who have equal talent and to you to, yeah. to, because they want to work with Michael Katz. So my experience, I always use the term likable expert. Like to me, that's what you need to be seen as. And because what I found is you need three things in order to be seen and hired. And again, this is, my clients are small companies. We don't advertise. You know, there's no like Super Bowl ad or anything. It's it, we all live in a word of mouth world. And so what I found is people need to think you're an expert, like really good at what you do. And again, that's different than are you good? It's do they think you're good? Yeah. People need to Yeah, it's very important. People need to remember you because you know, tomorrow when your car breaks down and you don't have and you don't have a mechanic, you're like, "Hey, does anybody know, you know, someone who could recommend a mechanic or an attorney?" Or a doctor. It's all word of mouth. Who do you know? So you have to be remembered in some way. And then the last is people need to like you, which, again, for me, sounded so just too simplistic. Again, you know, I worked in a company where it was all numbers oriented, and we sort of behaved on the basis of if you can't put into a spreadsheet, it doesn't exist. I mean, that was how we acted. And that's true, I think, of most companies, very numbers oriented, even the, the supposedly creative marketing stuff. But in the real world out here, where it's word of mouth, if I don't like you, I don't talk about you to other people, if you and I don't connect over coffee, I'm not going to hire you. This, again, there's a thousand other people who kind of do the same thing. And so what I found is that likability and doing things that have people think of you that way is the sort of um, oil in the engine. It's what has people refer you and talk about you and share you with other people. And as simple as it is, I find that most people, while they are likable in, in, you know, quote, real life, kind of lose all that stuff when they put on their business hats. And so most of what I do with people is helping them with these three things, expert positioning, relationship building, which, which adds up to staying top of mind, and doing things that make you more likable. And as odd as it sounds, if you do those things consistently, it makes the phone ring. And you end up with better clients who you connect better with. Well, it's it's really interesting, Michael. Like As Dave and I have been uh, building our businesses for the last 10 years, uh, 10 to 11 years, together, we essentially started, uh, I started Hemmings House Pictures and Dave started Vision Coaching about the same time. And we've been really good friends through that process of building. But the other thing that we've noticed is we combined have done a lot of very similar things to build our market and very little of that was spending money on marketing very much of that was about sharing value in the world with people for free essentially to increase likability i never looked at it in those terms but if you are consistently sharing and consistent is a very important word here predictably sharing 
content because you might not be able to have a coffee with everybody that is in your market. Your market might be too geographically wide. But how do you right. have a uh, you know a digital coffee with people in a way like connect? Um, and you know it's really cool as David and I have been speaking about this stuff. Um, it really boils down to we've built a market of uh, you know fans, supporters, and customers strictly out of the stories we've been sharing. And I think a lot of that has to do with your, you know, with what you do in uh, and how you leverage uh, email newsletters and et cetera. Like that's one way of have one really strong way about having a, you know, a digital coffee with people and become likable. How does how does that resonate with what you're talking about? Yeah, I totally agree. It's to me, it's uh, when I work with with uh, clients, we're we're trying to develop a what amounts to a simple relationship-based marketing plan. So yes, there's people you can have coffee with, but I agree, it doesn't scale and not everybody's necessarily local. So there's, I mean, the best thing you could do is, is have coffee with everyone you knew like once a month. Like if you did that with no, no attempt to sell them nothing, you would be doing all the marketing you need, but of course it doesn't scale. So then there's things like newsletters, which are less personal, but they scale. So I'm always trying to create those things with people. And so there's this mix of personal customized, but also always present. Um, and so that people see you frequently and all with this sort of likability thing, because again, they can choose from so many people that that really makes a difference in terms of who they, who they talk about and, and who they hire. So for you, like, so I, and full disclosure here, um, part of for a number of years, um, I've been using an email newsletter to tell my story, and um, and the person who helps me is a big fan of yours, Michael, and has put uh, she's put uh, her name is Kim Houlihan. If Kim shout out to Kim, she, the Houlihan Group, hey, Kim. Um, who does awesome stuff, and um, yeah, and it's so, been so interesting. Um, you know, this idea of consistently, you know, using an, an email newsletter, like is one of the ways I would, I think, at least I would like your impression about increasing likability in a consistent way and, and really being known. And and what's interesting is I'm, I'm more convinced of it than ever. But what was, but when I got into it early on, um, even back, this is a number of years ago, I mean, there was this idea that this this was dead, like, you know, or it was over. The email marketing, email newsletters were, were done. And, and I, and then you know you fast forward like um, you know seven or eight years, and I'm I'm more convinced it's a, it's an important way to to be you know you know get consistently touch touch and be top of mind to your second point. Or I mean, for have people remember you um, is one strategy. So you know what, what well, I mean, and obviously um, I, I'm I'm talking to the I'm I'm, I'm not preaching. I'm actually a, I'm actually a disciple here of you being the the one who's preaching this. Tell the help our listeners understand if they're not using an email newsletter how you know how they might be missing out on a, a big opportunity to to be seen as an expert to be remembered as you point out top of mind and and to increase their likability. Yeah, I mean I, newsletters. Um, I keep thinking I'll find something that's as good, but I never have. I mean newsletters to me are the ultimate home run. I mean for a number of reasons. So when I speak to an audience, one of the questions if I'm talking about newsletters, I always say especially if it's in the morning, you know, raise your hand if you've gone through all your emails that came in today. And like every, hand, every hand goes up. Everyone <laughs> looked, looked really at their email. <laughs> but if I say, raise your hand if you've looked at every social media post that came by you. No. I mean, I saw a stat that said we see one to, people see 1% to 3% of your posts. 
because they're just flying by every minute. So if I don't look at my Twitter feed for, you know, an hour, I missed a ton. Whereas if you show up my inbox, I may delete you, but it sits forever and all that. So just that relative to social media. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, if you have an email list, you have a list of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, those are actual people. There's the data on who opened and all that. But even that aside, what a newsletter does is it, it sort of hits all the buttons. So it's frequent. So it keeps you top of mind if you keep publishing. It's that over and over again thing, which you don't get if you're just occasionally showing up at a networking meeting or, you know, whatever. It's a, it's a chance to demonstrate both your expertise, but also the personal side. And what's interesting is it's almost like a Trojan horse kind of thing in the sense that people will first, who don't know you in particular, may sign up for your newsletter because they want the information. Like They don't really care about you as a person. But what happens over time is the personal connection becomes really the differentiator. And when I work with clients, I have a new client who just launched the newsletter. We just launched their, we published their third monthly newsletter today. So they're still in the early stages. They're like a 20 person consulting firm. Their clients are um, like the biggest biopharma companies in the world. So it's pretty, you know, sort of high stakes, 24 seven types of things. My clients are like the nicest people you would ever met. meet. They're so nice that when I first started working with them, I kept thinking, when's like the other shoe going to drop? They're just like great people. It's not Canadians. And they're not Canadian, <laughs> which is even more hard to believe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but, but you know what? They're all women. Ah. There's a definite feel to the company. When, they write their, when I write their newsletter, because I interview their president and then write it, and then, and then a bunch of people kind of edit it or, or chime in on stuff... What's interesting is, and I see this all the time, is the edits they make are taking out all the personality. Like the inclination is, ooh, this feels a little unprofessional. And I'm using a phrase that's a little too casual. I'm talking about, you know, my dog or something. And my belief is that you're trying to actually mix the business insights with as much personal stuff as possible because that's how I get to know you. It's sort of like... If I had coffee with you, I wouldn't just sit down and start talking business. I'd say like, oh, gee, traffic, or I can't believe how cold it is. It would be rude if we just sat down and we went right to business. Right. So, so my, Michael, I, is, it, is yeah. it sort of when uh, every time I send out emails, blasts and stuff, I use a whack of caps locks and yell at people and put a whole bunch of happy faces and exclamation points and actually write exactly how I talk? <laughs> is that You're asking Michael if that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, to me, that's... Because I do. (laughs) And if you didn't, and so yes, you're going to lose some people who are like, oh, dude, that guy's not professional. But there's a much bigger problem, which is if you you get rid of all that stuff, no one will, you know, get mad at you or anything, but you'll just be, you'll just be invisible. You'll just be one more guy writing about the same thing. I mean, the problem is, and my clients are all professionals, so consultants, financial planners, recruiters. What they sell is exactly the same as their competition. I mean, it's not even like if they sold a pair of sneakers where I could say this one fits better than the other. It's, you know, every doctor is the same and every attorney is the same. So if all they do is talk about the same stuff in the same, you know, doctory language, it's okay, but they haven't really achieved any way of being different, different. And so I'm always trying to get people to figure out how do you talk normally? That's how your newsletter should be. What's what? you know? Where do you kind of break ranks with all the people that you compete with? That's what your newsletter should be about. I totally agree. And like 
you know, it's interesting, but I'm, and I got a question around like why, you know, what, what is it that stops people from that? Because I, and I'm guilty, I've been guilty of this until I mentioned Kim earlier, you know, we started looking at some of the open rates and click-through rates where more, the story was much more personal and conversational and they're way higher. Like, like there's evidence that yeah. if, if you tell a story and be personal, um, and, and, and I'm just wondering like why me and others um, often, and, and, you know, this, the format of all this is conversational and we chose this personally, you know, you know and, and we, we don't edit much out, if anything. And we don't give pre- preparation questions either. No. Because it's, co- yeah, coffee, you don't uh, say, Michael, let's go have a coffee. Here's the points that we're going to talk <laughs> exactly. about. Exactly. So we, we're leveraging that right. exactly. But what is it about us that, uh, like if I go back to my, you know, feeling like I had to be corporate Dave and, and strip all my personality out of it and speak very concisely and, you know, like what, how, why are we doing that? What, what is our, what, oh, what's your I think sense it, of that? It's, it's fear. Yeah. Everyone's uh, afraid of being being sort of called out for saying something wrong. I don't mean offensive, but like saying something that somebody disagrees with or being told they're unprofessional or, or that, you know, that I'm somehow not, I'm not legitimate because, you know, who am I to be giving advice to people? And so I found that hmm. it's, it's really universal. My, my favorite story is I used to work with a guy back when I worked at, uh, at my old job. I used to work for the cable company. Sorry, but... I worked with a guy who <laughs> was a good friend, and he left He left maybe a year after me to go off on work on his own. And he was going to be a consultant to cable companies. This guy, if you were going to take out a blank sheet of paper and like sketch out the perfect consultant, he was consulting back to the industry he'd been in. He had a Harvard MBA, Cornell undergrad, very articulate. One of the smartest people I knew. And I remember having lunch with this guy when he was like two weeks, you know, on his own, wondering if he was qualified. And when I saw this guy had doubts, I realized everybody does. And so I just think it's sort of universal that you wonder if you're good enough and you're afraid you're going to say something. And what if they, you know, they don't want to hear about my dog and all that. The funny thing is, (laughs) that's the stuff people comment on. Mm -hmm. Like if you tell a story and then it leads into some business lesson or whatever in your newsletter. It's not the lesson people comment on. They say, oh, my dog also does that. Or I also, you know, ski or, you know, whatever you write about. So I'm just trying to get people, I mean, back to the whole likability thing. I'm just, I'm not teaching people to be likable who aren't. Like, it's not like, I'm not the person you hire because Joe is such a bad guy and everybody hates him. (laughs) What I do is, I work with people who are fantastic in, you know, in real life, as most people are. But when they start marketing, it all goes away. And so all I'm doing is, is helping people sort of remove the facade and just be more normal with, or natural, which is hard because we've all been trained. You're not supposed to do that. And everybody's scared that somehow it's going to make them you know, look bad or whatever. But right. to me, that's the magic. And actually, that's what your bigger competitors can't do. Right. Like the cable company, it's not that they're bad people. It's just like there's a thousand people over there. They can't be friendly and do sort of real stuff because they're too big. So let's say you you, you get a, a strategy, you you start getting good copy, right? You know, um, you're authentic, which which is you know kind of what we're trying to describe here. In which, what's your? How are you finding are the most effective ways to build a um, you know a really quality email list? The starting point for all the marketing I'm involved in is 
who do you already know? So whether it's email list or coffee or handwritten notes or emails that you send to people just saying hello, my, I don't do anything that helps people talk to, to strangers. So there's nothing wrong with that, but I don't do you know, search engine optimization. I don't do emails to strangers, which I know is, is, that, is illegal in Canada anyway. But it's all about the average middle-aged person walking the face of the earth knows, I don't know, three or 400 people. The thing is, if I said, what do you do to stay in front of those people? The answer is nothing. I don't have a list. I don't have any approach. I'm just, you know, I'll run into people or whatever. What I found is if you can get, so the first thing I do with any client is, where do you keep all the people you know? And it's usually, well, I got people in Outlook and I got some on Facebook. And I'm like, great. The first thing we do, whether you're an individual or a bigger company, is we, we try and create one list of everybody. And then we subdivide the list based on priority and how well you know them. And we create tactics that are as simple as you're going to have lunch with one person a week. You're going to send two emails a day just saying hello. Again, it sounds like how could this lead to anything? But what happens is you're just constantly stirring the pot of these existing, often dormant relationships. And those people bring you in, remember why they like you, and, you know, they end up hiring you or referring you. So it's very, it's very who-do-you-know based. And, again, I find if you're an individual, certainly, 400 people is all you need to know. Hmm. You don't need 1,000 or 20,000 people because – you know, if I get 20 new clients a year, that's like all I can handle. So how many people do I actually need? And you got to trust the process is what you're saying. Yeah, it's like I always use the analogy of an exercise. Like you can't do anything today that will help you lose 30 pounds tomorrow, you know, exercise-wise. But if you do it on a regular basis, it doesn't take over your life. It's going to work. And it actually is kind of pleasant. And if you'd stop doing it, you wouldn't like it so much. But you, you have to trust the process. And it's the same thing here. There is no silver bullet to marketing, certainly for people without any kind of brand recognition or budget. But since most people are so transaction-oriented and so short-term oriented, like, do I want to have coffee with this guy? I don't know. He's, what's he going to do for me? I, I have, <laughs> you know, I can give you a dozen stories of business I've received as a result of just interacting with people. In fact, on the whole likability thing, one of my things is help people who are in no position to help you. Like, not only is that nice, but those people remember you, they completely appreciate it, and it comes back. So, you know, we've all gotten the email from the guy who got laid off yesterday that you haven't heard from in five years. <laughs> Most people just delete that. I email the guy back. Again, this is somebody almost always that you kind of know and say, you know, whatever. Sorry about that. Let me know if I can help you. I've had people come and have coffee with me. That person is going to go out in the world. It's like a little marketing seed you just planted. And if you do enough of those, helping people, interacting with people, you know, calling people back who have a question, again, even though they are not going to hire you, that stuff really adds up over time. It's like doing push-ups or something. Like each one of those is like 10 push-ups, you know? Oh, man. I, I think this is so good. And it's completely the philosophy that Dave and I talk about all the time about making these little impacts, just dropping little nuggets of value with as many different relationships as we can without the immediate need to have them convert. Because like you said, every single person that we connect with, whether it's in person or digitally through content, we are creating little micro marketing uh, uh, agents. And 
that's why I'm so stoked about what you're talking about, Michael. And I know many of our, our listeners are as well. So we're at that point where I'm really excited to say that for our listeners only, you're going to give away something really cool at your website, michaelkatz.com slash boiling point. Why don't you let our listeners know a little bit about how they can interact with you, but starting with a little bit of value, a nugget of value, if you will. <laughs> yeah, and I love that. Did you say nuggets of impact? Was that the Nuggets phrase? of impact. I, I love that. And that would be a good band name, too, by the way. I, I, well, let's, let's do it. Why don't I, I play drums, Michael. <laughs> what do you play? What's, what, what's your, what's your uh, instrument? I'm sorry to say, but... I play the drums too. <laughs> well, dude, we listen. I've always thought. Listen to this. I always thought if we could find one bass player and two drummers, with the band would actually be called Drums and Bass. Wouldn't that be nice? I like that. It's funny. I was just talking to a client yesterday <laughs> because um, my client's designer was kind of talking about the the copy that we were writing for a website, yeah. and I said, "I live by three rules: don't let the designer write copy." Don't let the tech guy do design and never let the drummer sing. <laughs> I love it. I'll be the lead vocals then. You know what, man? I, I, I can attest to that. My band, I try to do backups. And I tell you, man, once I get into a rhythm, my whole body's going and my, my harmonies are like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> That's when the band is over. Anyway. Anyway, uh, yeah. Let, let's get back so, to your nugget of value. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's, uh, it's michaelkatz.com slash boiling point. And so three things. One is I just published a book called The Likeable Expert, 121 Insights to Start Your Day and Grow Your Business. And so you can get the first 15 at that site. You can also get a list of 11 business books that I recommend to everybody. Great books, you know, really, this is a little, like, description of each one that I have. Um, and then also, you'll get a list, you'll get my, my articles and updates that I send out, my newsletter, essentially, to people on a regular basis, and it's all free. Okay, I'm actually going to go literally and sign up right now. So it's Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, K-A-T-Z or Z, depending on which country you're in, dot com slash boiling point. And then there's, it looks like another backslash. And Yeah, I, th- I think that one doesn't matter. Okay. That's, just a, that's just a little hanger on. Um, so, <laughs> Michael, outside of that, my friend, how do people get in touch with you? I, I suppose that's, that's it, but uh, any other social uh, connections? Yeah, you know, I'm on the usual stuff. I'm actually, I'm Michael J. Katz on Twitter. Um, and my company's called Blue Penguin Development. But if you go to that Michael Katz page, you'll, uh, you know, that's the best way, probably the simplest way. Wonderful. Michael, thank you so much for coming on again. And you know what? If you're up for it, you might be our very first third uh, <laughs> guest because cause, uh, I want you to keep an eye. In fact, if you can uh, switch it around and go to the boilingpointpodcast.com and then sign up for our newsletter. You're going to be yep. seeing what we're going to start doing soon. And I, I really see a future collaboration between Dave and I and you. And Dave and I are, are looking at yeah. each other saying, yeah. yeah. We need to talk to you about that. We're going to talk offline about that. That's going to be oh, a good and then, uh, And so what, what town are you guys in? St. John, New Brunswick. So you go to Boston. To go to Boston. I'm go on the I-95. I'm going to have to come see you. Yeah, yeah. And we're, we're down there often, too. Dave's down there once a month. Yeah. Right? yeah Wait, oh, really? Ex- yeah. 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 Are you in Boston? My town is famous for- because it's for only one thing. It's where the Boston Marathon begins. So I'm 26 miles oh, west of Boston. Really? Okay. Why, why gonna, I can okay. see this. If I press my face against the glass of my office, I can see the starting line of the marathon. Very cool. <laughs> All right. I try not to press my face again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Michael. Well, thanks so we'll much. Be, and we'll we be in will touch. be in touch, my friend. All right. Hey, thanks again, guys. Thanks, right. MK. Take care. See ya. <laughs> see ya. Bye. All right. 
So, so what? Yeah. A, what? A, I love how he tells story. You know, he's just he's 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 just he's got he's he's, he's a total is, Boston guy. He is very likable too. <laughs> I mean, for me, I just I, and I've read some of his stuff. You got to you got to listeners for you, Greg. Yeah. You got to read some of his stuff. He's got these great stories in his his newsletter. Are, are, you're on his own. Okay. Yeah. I'm. I'm well, no. Kim, Kim sends them to me, and I and I just well, I, I'm signing up right now uh, as, well, as, you know as we speak. Okay. Check this out. Look at I'm, this. Is this cool? Ah, wow. Okay, there goes the phone. Hopefully we're still being recorded. Um, So quick takeaways. You know what? I I just, you know, I love the idea, and I know it's a simple thing, but it's this idea of consistency. And um, and he he preaches that. And, you know, his three, obviously, is kind of three errors. Be seen as the expert. um, Let people remember you, i.e. top of mind, and this whole likability thing. It's just, it's so simple. It's clean. It's clear. Um, but you know, there's a discipline on it totally. and, and I, you know, I look at his bio with martial arts and stuff. You go, this guy's got some discipline, right? So, um, anyways, very cool. And he has a, he, w- he was up in Montreal at university. So he's got ah, a little he, bit of Canadiana Canadian. in him. Yes. Um, I, I'd say the same thing, Dave, but also the, the, you know, that concept of a little dropping little nuggets of value, <laughs> nuggets of impact, um, it makes it everything that we do. So whether it's this podcast, whether it's your article, whether it's my blog, whether it's either of us speaking publicly in front of audiences, these are little, like none of them are direct leads and conversions. Totally. But they're all dropping little bits of coffees, totally. if you will. Well, and, and Coffee so, beans. You know, I see, you know, the other thing is is him saying, you know, and I, I just never thought of it like this, but people are, you know, I think his words were, people want to be too transactional. And it's true because if you are constantly transactional, you, you know, you look at that opportunity. Well, what, what am I going to get out of it, right? right? And which is like, you know, first off, it's probably not a good way to live your life. You know, um, secondly, it's certainly not a good way to 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 grow the business and 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 increase your business. But, but I just never thought of it like that. It's yeah. like such a good, excellent point. So, anyways, very very fun interview. Very. Um, uh, very intriguing for us, given what we're 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 going to be we're launching shortly, and uh, always a great time hanging with you. And one other thing I'll mention from his bio, I love this because I would be curious what your belt is. But he um, not only has a second degree, Michael, this is not only a second degree black belt in karate, a first degree black belt in parenting three children. What 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 belt do you have, my friend? Um, well, one of my belts just went up to the fifth notch, which is my little girl uh, Willow to turn five today. Uh, so I've I've got an eight notch belt and a five notch belt. Uh, what does that mean? So that you're you're you would be <laughs> you're a brown belt. I'm a br- <laughs> I don't know. I don't yellow know. belt. Uh, Anyways, yellow belt. Yellow. Okay. <laughs> All right, man. Okay, buddy. Thanks so much, Dave. We'll see you next week. Talk soon. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness? Then check out the Natural Man podcast. Join me, host Mike C, as we explore all areas of human wellness, physical, mental, and emotional. Learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health. Remember, your doctor works for you. Learn biohacks, neurohacks, ways to improve sleep, 
and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.